0: Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G.
0: Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be talking about becoming a visionary leader, being forward looking, inspiring a shared vision. And with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Harold Tuck, who's the Chief Information Officer with the County of San Diego. Thank you, Harold, for joining us today.
2: Thank you, and thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you. And Roy, and Roy Yule, who is a Corporate Vice President of a Major Nationwide Hospitality Concern. Thank you also, Roy, for being with us.
3: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. I'm going to ask each of you just to share a little bit about your background so our audience can become a little bit more familiar with the perspective that you both bring. Harold, why don't we start with you?
2: Well, thank you, um, Dr. G. I am a public servant, been working for um, the public sector since uh, January 1986, and I've had various different leadership roles there, uh, from being a health care administrator to a director of housing to an administrator of public safety to my current um, job title in charge of technology for the county.
0: Fabulous! Yes, thanks, Harold. Harold, Thank do you want to you. say anything also about your service in the nonprofit arena?
2: Oh yes, I yes, I am currently a board member for the Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego County, which is the largest social services uh, entity, nonprofit entity in our county. I'm also on the advisory board for the Union Bank, um, a corporate board, and uh, also uh, a philanthropic organization that. Um, gives money to needy children who need um, assistance with their health care and their vision and their dental. Uh, it's called Children's Health Fund, and those are the, the uh, nonprofit um, activities I spend my other spare time doing.
0: Okay, thanks again, Harold. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Rory, would you share a little bit about yourself?
3: Sure, uh, briefly, um, I would say for the past 30 years, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, I've held positions in uh, primarily the corporate sector. and the uh, disciplines of human resources, corporate marketing, and communications, uh, leading to my current role in government affairs. Um, these functional roles have been, I guess, uh, augmented with uh, several uh, stints with community, civic, and university-based boards, um, um, uh, principally and more recently in San Diego, and uh, more recently uh, several nationwide boards and. Um, along with trade organizations.
0: Wonderful. Thank you also for being with us, Roy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So today, again, we're going to be talking about visionary leadership, and that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of uh, different people. Uh, I think my focus is on having our viewers, or to say our listeners, really have an opportunity to think about the impact that being forward-thinking and being able to inspire a shared vision could have on their journey as a leader. So with that, um, Roy, why don't I ask you to go first and maybe just share a little bit about what visionary leadership means to you?
3: Well, um, um, well, I guess in uh, in my view, and I, I can I can speak to that perspective pretty clearly. Um, it's really the effective engagement of, um, um, I would say, organizational strategies to drive relevant results um, and. Primarily, I think there's an official story, and then there's a real story. When you talk about visionary leadership, um, the official story, and somewhat of a uh, historical reference, you have uh, you know the mission statements, and what that suggests, um, and then you have your subsequent value statements and maybe business objectives. I think the real story, um, and this is where you have what I would refer to as organizational drama. You have the relevance to the marketplace is one major consideration and then maybe as a sub bucket uh key performance indicators you know those metrics that really matter in terms of the um, in terms of meaningful results and then lastly what people actually do um, you know beyond the job description what's their statement of impact or contribution and i think when we talk about visionary leadership is you know what are the engagement strategies Or how does one practice influence to drive the relevant results?
0: Fabulous. Thank you, Roy. Um, Harold, any thoughts uh, in relation to what Roy said or just your own definition around what visionary leadership means to you?
2: Well, you know, I was taking some notes when Roy was talking because they were spot on. And so I'm glad you have at least one other person other than me so I could learn from this as well. Um, My my take on visionary leadership is, is a simple one, quite frankly, and it's tied into the ability to tell a story in a way that individuals can understand what you're saying and can visualize it themselves and see the end. You you need to be able to tell that story if it's from a business perspective and anticipating the needs of your constituents, in my case, or customers. Um, and understanding what is necessary to 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 drive the business forward. And I think it's best stated in the ability to communicate, um, and it has to be tied into what the mission of the organization is. So as you have your mission, being able to tell the story that, that gives a visual implant, implant in, in one's mind about, oh, if we actually can do those things, I can actually see us being there also.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and that's how i you know would describe and and that's what it means to me
0: okay great thank you i'm going to ask either of you we can start with either of you just to kind of give an example of someone you think of as having been or maybe they currently are a visionary leader
2: who do you want to go first
0: um who would like to go for whose voice was that
2: That was me, Harold.
0: Harold, why don't we go on and and go with you, and maybe you can also add to that why you see them as a visionary leader.
2: Uh, Well, I had two examples. I'm going to tell you a person who is is still with us, but obviously for for me and for a lot of people um, in my generation, an ideal one uh, is Martin Luther King. But let me talk about one that, he was a former boss of mine about twelve thirteen years ago Dr Robert ross. He is currently the president and CEO of the California Endowment here headquartered here in in california and the endowment is a, a healthcare organization that was formed when the not uh, for profit Blue Cross Blue Shield went private here in the state of california and when dr. Ross was in and uh, working as a director of Health and Human Services. He was visionary to me because he would say things that, quite frankly, I thought was was radical. And and what was and what he would say was that you know the administration of healthcare and social service delivery is uh, too costly, it is too fragmented, and it's too large to be managed that way, and is not providing any value to. The citizens of, um, and the, and the, and residents and visitors of San Diego County. And that was heresy back in those days because everybody had their silos and their different funding streams that they got from various government funding to put, um, to provide those services. And he was saying, as one of the leaders, we aren't being effective in our services to are remodeled. We need to blow it up. And so for me, you know, that was visionary because in less than 3 years we actually implemented this new model that he was an architect of and it was also gutsy for him to come out there and say uh, that the current way of doing business was not working and he, and he was looking in the mirror when he said that mm-hmm. so to have the courage to 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 make a statement and have a vision and have a solution to the problem you just articulated is is what i saw in him and um and when and when I was trying to navigate my executive career, he would say to me, "You have to understand that this is a game." And I didn't understand what that meant because for me, games was competition. Games were fun, but it was it was also flights of fantasy, not something that you needed to do well at to pay your mortgage. And I'm not talking obviously professional games. And uh, but but his his analogy was that things move. You can't stay static. You have to anticipate the next move. You have to anticipate your next move. And and, and for me, that was that was very visionary because I could then see what he was talking about, and I started practicing some of those things myself.
0: Mm, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Harold. Roy, any thoughts in relation to what Harold has shared and or any thoughts regarding who you might see as a visionary leader?
3: Well, I, I think Harold has placed me in a note-taking mode now, Um uh, I would anchor or echo, uh, if you will. I would say say Martin Luther King Jr. clearly, as um, as probably the first person who came to mind. And you know that might seem redundant based on Harold's rec- rec- uh, thoughts, but you know I think he's he comes up twice for a reason, mainly because he's a paradigm changer. Uh, you know there was a there was an existing situation, uh, almost a standard that uh, you know using. Uh, Mr. Tuck's word, words he demonstrated the courage to, um, ta- ta- in a tactful manner, uh, revisit the whole approach to civil rights and um, you know how people in color should be uh, treated and engaged. So I would say Martin Luther King. Um, a more common reference, another gentleman by the name of Harold. His name is Harold Coleman, um, and he. Um, He's an instructor, and he wrote a fascinating book called the, um, the Organizational Game Revealed, and he talked about the value of knowing that there's um, um, language, there's other navigational pieces that speak to um, you know, effective leadership uh, beyond how good you are, beyond performance, uh, such things as image and um, exposure. And uh, so I think it's uh, what what why he comes to mind. He again changing a paradigm. You know, he addressed the the old, which was you know even by way of reference a, a workforce, and that becomes a talent force. And you know, why did people? Why are people engaged in this work environment, whether it's public or private? And historically, it's been a matter of security. And uh, mm-hmm. his teachings kind of. Invoke.
0: Great. So, um, boy, I'm going to have you put a comma right there. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you just to pick up where you are. Great. And I'm going to ask our listening audience to please stay with us, and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are there any challenges to your success? You already have what it takes to turn these challenges into results in any area. Find out more when you tune in to The Power of Realism. Why Integrity Matters with host Jeffrey Canavan. We all deal with adversity and challenges in life and business. We'll talk with those individuals who have faced these challenges and turned them into success stories. By making just a few shifts in your thinking, you too can be one of these success stories. The Power of Realism airs live on Thursdays at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email dr. g at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the neighborhood. House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness.
3: and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Today we're talking about visionary leadership, and we have two fabulous guests, Harold Tuck, the Chief Information Officer with the County of San Diego, and Roy Yu, a Corporate Vice President of a major nationwide hospitality concern. Thank you both again for being with us.
2: Thank you, Dr. G. Thank you, Dr. G.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Before we went to break, uh, Roy, you were speaking about um, an example of, I think we started off with he met with Martin Luther King, but then started talking about Harold Coleman and just the whole piece around paradigm change. and kind of put a comma in your thought regarding um, why you saw him as a visionary leader and wanted to just kind of pick back up there.
3: Yeah, certainly. It's basically he had a couple of tenets that I think still resonate um, you know, through his book and also from his, some of his, some of his uh, platform efforts. Um, you know, he talks about managing the moments of truth. And uh, in any organization, the moment of the truth is when um, you know anyone has the opportunity to interface with your organization, and, and as a result, form an opinion about your organization or your product or your service. And it's important that the agents understand these moments of the truth and uh, manage them accordingly. He also mentioned the focus about um, mining what makes an individual performance amazing. So, uh, in terms of, you know, just breaking that old paradigm again of coming to work and I put in my time and there's really not an added value to the contribution, uh, really putting a focus on what is the amazing output here that we're chasing. And lastly, I would say that, uh, it was a, you know, he referenced or offered, you know, let's move away from patience. Let's foster some impatience. And let's drive some innovation. And uh, I think that when, you know, my takeaway when that's all said and done, you know, we were positioning leaders to be measured, uh, well advised, and more importantly, considerate in their exchanges. Mm
0: -hmm. Great. Thank you, Roy. I appreciate um, your sharing that. That's uh, wonderful added value to the conversation. And something that I think both of you have already began to do and that is identify really some of the qualities and abilities that are necessary for a person to possess in order to be a um I say visionary leader or a leader who's able to inspire others to a shared vision. Um, I think we started to talk about some of that in your stories. I'm gonna ask you to go back and starting with yourself, Harold, and then maybe underscore some of the things that you previously mentioned and then also add any additional qualities or abilities that you think a person needs to possess in order to be able to effectively demonstrate visionary leadership.
2: Thank you. I I believe both Roy and I mentioned the word carriage, and uh, we certainly feel that that, and I do, a, a characteristic and a quality that the, that person with a visionary leadership should espouse. Um, also, passion. Uh, I mentioned the com- communication and how it's, and how messages are communicated, but you have to have a passion in what you're speaking about uh and your vision for people to to, to take notice and uh And I would finally say to me um an attribute that I really believe is necessary um along with the courage and the passion is you, you, a visionary leader leader does not suffer fools easily. And, and that's important because you are going to have naysayers. You always have people. That's not the way we do things. That's always you're always going to have people. Um, you know, we tried that; it didn't work. Kind of thing. Um, just will not accept the fact that their cheese, quote unquote, is about to be moved. And so you can't you can't just appease everybody. It's not a democracy. And so don't suffer fools at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful, Roy. Anything you'd add?
3: Uh, well, one, I agree wholeheartedly with Harold. Um, I think in terms of attributes, I would probably, um, maybe I would include just a few others. Um, I think there's an issue of humility. Um, I think when you're humble, you win. Um, and that's not to be confused that you're being less assertive or taken seriously, but I think there's an, there's an opportunity and subsequently a statement of impact when you have presence with humility. Um, you know, I think the other things are pretty straightforward and support what Harold was saying. you know you're resourceful um you're assertive, and uh you know more importantly from since you're since we're talking about leadership in order to have leader a leader to in order to be a leader, you have to have followers so um uh some emphasis on how you operate you know do you have a just in time approach you know do you have your ear to the ground, do you know how to show up and show up big? And do you have a shared mindset, which I think is most critical? Tell uh, you know, let me some... say a
0: little bit more about that shared mindset.
3: Well, it's kind of a strategic unity. In, in other words, that, you know, there's some personal aspects of your value system you might have to suspend in order to engage other people. Um, and that's where the issue of relevance comes into mind. That, you know, when you're painting that picture of success with others and you're trying to drive a contribution that matters, um, There has to be this shared mindset that, you know, you or she or he represents pieces of this puzzle and collectively, you know, it doesn't work unless they're all in place. And, but I think that's the strategic unity that, um, you know, from a a leader standpoint, it has to be very clear that there's not just one benefactor, uh, benefactor. You know, your team will never own what you don't. And that's what I'm really kind of advocating around uh, strategic unity.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, love that. You know, one of the things, as both of you are speaking, um, Harold and you kind of spoke about, you know, the leading and it not necessarily being a democracy um, and certainly hearing also, Roy, your underscoring of the word humility and, and being able to be humble and how one positions themselves. Um Brought me to a quote from Martin Luther King, where he said, um, "A true leader is not a searcher of consensus, but a molder of consensus," and that just kind of stands out for me as we kind of talk about some of these um, pieces around shared mindset, strategic unity, and how that visionary leader may go about actually, I might say, molding that consensus. Hmm.
3: So,
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. Harold, any additional thoughts on that from yourself?
2: Uh, you know. Roy's answer was so spot on. I'm in. I'm in awe of the response. Quite frankly, so I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be on this panel. I I just totally, totally agree with everything he said. Uh, it just made me think of a you know an old cliche that I'm going to you know butcher, but basically I'm going to add my own words. Check your affiliation at the door, mm-hmm. because he is absolutely correct about. You may have to suspend some of your value system. Um, we all work in a political environment. Be it the not-for-profit, not the public, or the private sector, is all political. Now, I happen to work for elected officials, but nonetheless, we all have our internal politics. And if you're a visionary leader, in, the, in order to have followers, you are, and you needing to develop that cadre of folks who would follow you. And they are going to have a difference of opinions and you need to listen to those difference of opinions. Our democracy quote is you don't go around the room and say, everybody raise your hand, are we gonna <laughs> listen to, to Jane or we're gonna to listen to the boss kind of thing. But it but it's important to listen to everyone. You should you should take those inputs in and uh and, and and process that as as you find necessary, but you are going to have to suspend it because you may have a different ideology to somebody else, and you don't need to ram that down anyone's throat.
3: Mm-hmm. It has
2: to be tied into why are we here, back to what is our mission
0: Mhm, very good, so I want to ask us to maybe think about um, in order to support. You may be people who are thinking, oh, I don't find myself as being very visionary. I don't really even understand what that is. If we were to, to very concretely say to someone, what types of questions might they ask themselves, um, in order to kind of support themselves in thinking futuristically or visionary or strategically? You know, what's the difference between thinking from a visionary and strategic perspective than from thinking from a very critical, um maybe what's next perspective?
2: Can I take that one
0: first? Oh, please do. Mm-hmm.
2: It, it, if I could use it, just an example of a of a high school senior or recent high school graduate, and let's just say in this example he or she has decided that they do want to go to a four-year university and they have a goal in mind when they graduate. Well, the visionary aspect of that for that 18-year-old is that they have vision in themselves as a college graduate. They know that they want to go to college, they want to become a particular um, um, white-collar worker or whatever they might want to do, let's say engineer for the sake of argument, and, and so they, they see that vision. They may have had that vision f- for years. Some go and don't have the vision right away, but in this example, you have that vision. and it, So that's, that's that's the visionary part. And the questions you have to ask yourself of what do I need to do to realize that vision turns into your tactical day-to-day operation. So I'm going to go through this. I have a list of schools that I want to apply to because they have good engineering schools. And once I get accepted to these schools, these are the classes I have to take in order to finish in four years. So that's your strategic plan. And each course, each year as you matriculate becomes a tactical, strategical step, your goal and your objectives that you just check off. And you and you check yourself midway, but you had envisioned. So when you graduate, you have realized that first vision, and when you get your job in your chosen field, you will realize your ultimate vision. So those are something people do every day. That in my example, that are visionary, thinking strategically and straight thinking mm-hmm. tactically,
3: and have implemented an operational plan.
0: Okay, great, Roy. Anything you'd like to add?
3: Well, sorry when Harold nailed it, but uh, uh, <clears throat> I can. You know, this might be more of a, a, a personal take on it. Uh, but I, you know, I think um, when I think about visionary leadership, uh, first, I, you know, if I were, if I were recommending, you know, some, uh, you know, thoughts about, you know, how do you embrace this? Uh, one, I would uh, offer the fact that I would consider it to be very fluid. Um, because the vision is fluid. Um, and you need to um, condition uh, your team, if you will, to make sure they understand that it's fluid. Once you get to that statement of success, where well, success is realized, as a leader you're constantly mining what's next and how to re-engage people to drive the needle because nothing stays the same, and including the expectation around results. Um, also, I would... I would give some consideration to uh, making sure the distinction is made between leadership and management. You know, and that leadership is primarily coping with change, very elementary. And, uh, management is coping with structure. But, you know, to Harold's point about telling the story, you have never heard of anyone being managed into battle if you were to use a military analogy. Mm-hmm. But, but you've heard people led into battle because the variables have changed. And you're coping with change. Management's a perfect vehicle for structure. You know, Mm -hmm. pre-conflict, it works well. Wonderful. But they're complementary systems of action.
0: Okay, love that. I don't think I've heard that um, defined that way, but I absolutely can embrace that. We're going to uh, take a short break and be back with more from each of our guests on Leadership Matter, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
1: the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264, that's 858-244-8264, or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness.
0: We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to turning hard times into good times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G.
0: And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about visionary leadership and Harold Tuck, the Chief Information Officer with the County of San Diego, is with us today. And Roy Yule, a Corporate Vice President of a Major Nationwide Hospitality Concern. Thank you both for being with us. Thank you. And then also joining us is Valerie Wright, our Associate Producer. Valerie, thank you for being on the line. Thank you, Dr. G. Yes. Uh, Valerie, you had a few questions from our listening audience that you were going
4: to uh, share with us. Yes. Okay. I have a question from Janice in Georgia. She says, I am a director in a manufacturing plant. I'm responsible for shipping and receiving parts and for leading 23 staff people. I don't see myself as a visionary leader. Actually, I don't have my vision written down. I would like to know how do you lead when you aren't visionary and how do you develop the skills to become visionary? What's the first step? Mm. Oh, Harold or Roy, would you like to answer? I'd like to take
3: that one, if I may.
4: Sure, thank you.
3: Um, it, I, I think uh, the question uh, is probably centered on her role, but basically it's really the opportunity since she's already in a leadership role. And there's a couple of pieces that um, I would consider, and this is from a gentleman. He's an organizational consultant. That uh, I hold in high regard, we've engaged his services for one of the organizations I've been associated in the past. His name is Jeff McGee of Jeff McGee International, and he has a what he calls a capability index and it really begins with a couple of things, and I'll just keep it very simple because he made it very simple um you have um uh, when you look across your, your the group of people you supervise or lead uh there's a capability statement. And it's uh, your job as a leader to make sure you understand backwards and forwards their capabilities. And that includes their current technical ability or their non-technical ability. And in that process somewhere, you identify future training opportunities. And that nets out to a current performance statement. And then how do you get to the next step? Well, then you start marrying experiences. And you add something that we don't tend to talk about often enough called attitude, and expectations of us and them, if you will. And at the end of the day, you end up at results. So with C kind of equals T, um, which is current technical ability, you have an A for attitude, a P for performance experiences. There could be some leveraging of some cultural um, nuances there, too, but at the end of the day, what you want to do is assess the capability of your unit, identify the North Star, and by individual, make sure that you're clarifying the expectations of them and of you, and that's uh, that, that's how to your result statement.
0: Wonderful, thank you, Roy. You're welcome. I'm hoping that Janice got some benefit that I know I did. Uh, Harold, anything you'd like to add for Janice?
3: Well, I would like
2: to say to Janice is don't um, sell yourself short, my friend, by saying you mean you're not visionary. Um, I would argue that you are. I'm, um, by virtue of what, what we know, you are in a leadership position. You certainly had to uh, um, come up through the ranks to get to the position that you are, and you may not have written down what you're doing with your team, but clearly, since you're in that um, leadership role, you're meeting your goals and objectives. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I would suggest to her is that, you know, and I'm sure she does this anyway, is that she's going to want to stand out among her amongst her peers. She's going to want her team to stand out amongst the peer group within her manufacturing plant. And there are goals that they have to to uh, meet, Their objectives to, to realize in those goals. What innovative things can she and her team come up with to go beyond the minimum objective and go beyond the goals and, and, and truly exceed them and continue that, that excellence? And in doing so, she has to think about what do we need to, to, to do to be a team of excellence? And that's the vision. And she communicates that to the team. She gets input from the team members. And then they break the huddle since it's almost football season. And they go out and execute the play. She does that. She doesn't realize she's doing that. You're already a visionary leader, my friend. Just put it down on paper and be able to continue to communicate that with your team.
4: Fabulous. Thank you so much. Valerie, did you have another question? I have one more from RJ in California. He says, I, or she, <laughs> he says, I would like to know how I might as- assess whether I am inspirational and motivational as a okay. supervisor. <laughs> what can I do to learn how I am perceived as a leader? Okay. Who would like to go with that one first?
2: Well, what let me take this one first, then, Thank if you. I may. Yes. Uh, taking the second half first, how do, how, are you, how do you perceive whether or not you're a leader or effective leader, whatever how the question was phrased, is don't be afraid, RJ, to, to do a 360-degree evaluation. Let your um, people that you uh, report to evaluate what you do. Let your peer group um, evaluate you and let the folks that report to you as part of your team evaluate you in a very candid way of um, your leadership style, your communication style, uh, the way you handle success, the way you handle failures of yourself and others, um, and and seek that. Go out out on that limb and, and see what others think of you. How to assess whether or not you are inspirational. When you... Um, sit down and have one-on-ones with your team members and you're talking about goals and you talk about some of the messages that you that you have imparted upon the group. Ask them what was their take. What did they get out of that? You will learn whether or not from their responses if you were inspirational or not. I'm not so much sure that you should be concerned about being inspirational as opposed to being able to make sure you're a
3: clear and concise communicator.
0: Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Harold. Roy, anything you'd like to add?
3: I would just say, and it, it, it dovetails off of what Harold just shared, um, that <clears throat> you have a sense of how your influence is received in the um, in the workplace. You know, at at the end of the day, a leader's job is all about practicing influence, and and um, in, and more importantly, how that's you know interpreted. Um, you know. Ask yourself, um, in addition to the three hundred sixty or those type of instruments, you know ask yourself how do you align with the uh, the spirit or the culture of or the organization um, you know rule one is never violate uh, the conventions of an organization you know despite what you might want to project as a person and i'm not suggesting that's the case at all, but you might want to just do some internal gauging to see that you know you have alignment with with what the company or the organization um, you know, expouses.
0: hmm Good. Thank you, uh, Valerie. Yes. Could you share with our listening audience maybe the number and the email they can use in order to um, get topics for the future or
4: suggestions to us? Absolutely, Dr. G. Our number to call for questions is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. And if you want to send an email, that should be directed to G at InnoVisions.org. That's G at InnoVisions.org. Alright. Thank you again, Valerie. Appreciate your coming on the line
0: to share. Thank you, Dr. G.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Roy or um, Harold, wondering if we could spend just a moment thinking about, I know we've been talking about visionary leadership, what would you see the, as the uh, benefit that uh, an organization um, gains from having someone who actually operates in a visionary way? What does that do to maximize potential? Or how does it? Or does it?
3: Well, it, it's, uh, I'll, I'll jump on this one first. um, um I think I would almost reverse the the question uh, what would be the consequences if they don't <laughs> mm,
0: Good. love it mm-hmm. um,
3: i you know I think in in order to be you know viable and you know and have growth and sustainability in today's marketplace re- regardless of the organization product or service um, you have to have people who are thinking ahead um, and they're they're molding people to that vision um, and um uh, you know, there needs to be some level of disruption to uh, to advance. And, you know, and I'm really talking about, you know, healthy disruption, which, you know, gets the brain and everything else moving and you get contributions generated. Um, so I do think uh, <clears throat> there's consequences without, um, you know, a staple or a stable of visionary leadership in the ranks, um, you know, uh, you know i think the i think the visionary leadership is probably not the the end, the end game um i think it's a key key component of the process mm-hmm. and the process is stakeholder engagement mm-hmm. so within and ex an external to the organization anyone that has an influence on your business base, you know a visionary leader, leader has to align you know all the critical issues and and drive results so I think it's almost becoming a must-have as opposed to nice to have. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Thank you, Harold. Anything you'd like to add?
3: Yes. Uh, well, you know, you can just look at the
2: recent news in the in the business um, arena to, to to see the value and why an organization, uh, regardless of the sector it perf- performs in, should uh, have and want to have a visionary leader. You you you, you look at um, in the fo- photo industry. Um, um, Polaroid that had the instant um, um, picture, and I remember back in in the '60s that was awe inspiring. In sixty seconds, you got a photograph. First black and white, and then color. Um, technology improved. Um, Polaroid didn't have the vision to move with with technology when it was turning digital, and they they totally out of business and outflanked by the Canons and the uh, Nikons of the world. It went from the single-lens reflex cameras to the digital cameras. They saw the technology change. They embraced it. They had a vision of how they were going to make that their, their new market. Um, look at Apple. The Macintosh came out. It got outflanked by the Windows operating system and the personal computers, and then uh, it had some financial issues. Just Steve Jobs got ousted from the board. The board changed. Steve Jobs, one of the co-founders, came back. He was always that visionary, and he envisioned that, that the technology is going to move around the consumer side of the house, not the business side of the house. And, and, and look how much penetration they have in the marketplace with the iPhone, the iPad and all the devices they have because of the vision one leader has. The flip side of that is the stories are being written. What is going to be the future of that corporation? Now that his visionary leader, co-founder, and leader is no longer active because of his health reasons, will they continue down that track? So you you always have that paradigm of being. Following a visionary leader and, and needing to know when you change leadership so that the organization could continue moving forward. And a final lesson on that is the Ford family. They had a visionary founder, Henry Ford, but he was stuck in his ways and thought every car should be black.
0: <laughs> and um, Harold? Harold? Yeah. Were you going to say more on that? Because when we come well, back from break, we'll and, and, let you finish and, and, that.
2: And he got outflanked by Chrysler and General Motors and now Ford. Obviously, over the years, changed that philosophy, and they're very much a leader and one of the only three of the auto industry makers that did take the government handout Great.
0: time. So with that, we're going to take a, our last short break, and we'll return with some final tips and thoughts from our guests on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Music.
1: Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264, that's 858-244-8264, or email drg at dr.g at Innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G.
0: And we're back to receive final thoughts and tips from our fabulous guest today, Harold Tutts. Chief Information Officer with the County of San Diego, and Roy Yu, a Corporate Vice President of a major nationwide hospitality concern. Again, you thank, you, uh, thank both of you so much for being on the show today. Thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. So, um, Harold, why don't we start with you and just ask you to just share any final thoughts or tips that you'd have for our listeners uh, regarding visionary leadership.
2: It's not as hard as, it is, as most people make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it it really is as simple as planning, having a plan, being able to tell the story of that plan, and then laying out how you can reach and realize that goal. Now, it's it's also um, is good if you have a little charisma and, and 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 can articulate that, and and that's very much important. And and but you can um, just have a little courage as Roy said in the earlier question, have some humility about about how you go about your business. But visionary leadership is something that I think is innate in all of us. We just have to be able to bring that out. It's sort of like the fear of public speaking. We all can do it. We just have to learn how to do it. And I would like to finally say, you know, I've been reading something. I tell my team all the time, if you want to know what your boss is thinking, find out what he or she is reading because that's what they're thinking at the moment. And so what I'm reading at the moment is a book um, called Clutch, Why Some People Excel Under Pressure and Others Don't. It's written by Paul Sullivan. I highly endorse that book. It's a very good read about how, what is clutch and how to perform under pressure. It would also help one um, uh, understand how to become a visionary leader as they work towards their chosen goal.
0: Fabulous! Thank you so much, Harold. Uh, Roy, anything you want to say in relation to what Harold said, and then also share any final tips that you may have?
3: Um, again, I agree with Harold. I, you know, I think his uh, his assessment of uh, even tracking, you know, leadership is is uh, spot on. Um, I think, in uh, I guess, in in summation, I would, uh, you know, I agree. I think visionary leadership is not something um, you know terribly challenging. I just think it's under rehearsed and uh that's uh, and there's an opportunity to better merchandise your influence. You know, I do think there's some things in your um, wheelhouse that uh, or your toolbox that you need to embrace. I think you have to foster some problem solving abilities with your team. Um, and as Harold mentioned a moment ago the word team always should come up in every other word. Um but, I do think it's not an organizational you don't try to take on the whole organization when you're when you're you know demonstrating or um you know moving your way through an organization with a visionary leadership. I think you transform you know business units one person at a time and uh and that's you know making sure you understand what their capability is their their interests and their contributions and the expectations are clarified. Because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a statement of success and uh, that everyone needs to rally behind. But I, uh, you know, again, as we talked about earlier, I don't think this is as optional moving forward in today's marketplace. I think it's core and, and key that you're relevant to the needs and you've got to paint this picture of what tomorrow looks like and what the contributions need to be to align with that.
0: Fabulous. Thank you. Harold, any additional thoughts from yourself? Or anything in response to what Roy just shared? Well, you
2: know, earlier you asked a question about do we have examples of visionary leaders and we both gave examples. I I what I want to make sure that the listeners understand that I am not suggesting that you necessarily emulate anyone that you think is a visionary leader, but you learn the traits that they espouse and um, being visionary. And you take that knowledge, and you look in the mirror at yourself, and 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 be yourself. How how do you become visionary? If those are the traits you think are uh, a part, parcel of what a visionary leader is, how can you make them uniquely your own? So don't be a clone of someone that you think is a is a good leader, a visionary leader. Be uniquely you. Back to standing apart from everyone else. That's how you have the passion to tell the story of where you want to go.
0: Wonderful. Absolutely. Um, love so much of what each of you shared. And, Roy, I loved your um, transforming the business unit one person at a time and just the um, list that each of you compiled together as relates to some of those um, qualities or abilities that uh, we need to possess in order to really be able to step into that space of of being forward-thinking and being able to tell that story, Harold, as, as you've um, said it, um, be it the courage or the passion or the communication skills or the um, being able to humble oneself and uh, being able to actually suffer those who may actually be the naysayers and keep on keeping on. And as Roy has continued to talk about making it relevant and um I, mean, I think all of those bits and pieces kind of add to the the entire, um, one might say, fabric for being able to uh, create a uh, space of, um, of excellence as um, I think, Harold, you said with regards to the, having that um, supervisor ask, you know, what might that next level look like? And um, Rory, you're, I'm sure, sure which of you kind of talked about looking at the uh, each individual's abilities and what they kind of have to bring and, and kind of creating that path from there. So mm-hmm. just kind of weaving together maybe just some of the different pieces that we've heard from each of you. As I kind of go through that process, anything stand out for either of you to underscore as we begin to transition from our conversation?
2: Not for me. I, I think I'm good.
0: You think you're good.
3: No, I just uh, sincerely appreciate the opportunity to learn and share. Yeah, thank you, Dr. G., for in-
2: in inviting me and including me, and it's great to have met you virtually, Roy. Thank you so much.
3: Uh, likewise, Mr. Tuck.
0: Yeah, so thank you. I think you both have been fabulous guests. I've learned a lot from each of you, and I'm sure our listeners would echo that. So um want to, again, thank you for joining us. want to thank our listening audience for being with us, Please join us every Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions.
1: Thank you again for tuning in.